announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution, where we are pioneering and blazing the trails of the hemp and cannabis industry around the world, primarily telling the stories of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this movement and mission forward to help make sure that the highest quality products are available to you in the marketplace, but also if you are a budding entrepreneur, making sure that you have the tips and tricks that you need to be successful in the fastest growing cash rich industry in the world. Our guest today is the founder and CEO of No High CBD and on, and you can find them at nohigh.com, which we were just talking about the importance of investing into something you believe is going to be a placeholder, a namestay, a big business that you can really put yourself and your resources behind and build on that foundation. So without further ado, and to continue the rock star conversation we were having just before this interview, please help me welcome our guest, Daniel Moravac. <laughs> All right. Did I say that right? Your last name? We've kind of said it differently throughout my family. My dad used to say Moravac. I say Moravac. Moravac. My, my cousin, I think she says it a different way. I think that we've just lost translation over the years, but if you actually visit Prague in the Czech Republic, which was formerly Czechoslovakia, and I've been, when you go there, they call it Praha. Outside of Praha, they have a city called Moravia, mm-hmm. and the proper way, according to my ancestors, is Moravic. Moravic. Yes. Yeah, and I did go, I went to Praha, actually. My husband's uncle was the Canadian ambassador for the Czech Republic for umpteen years. His stepfather is their whole lineage is from the Czech Republic, specifically in, in Praha. And that's where your family is from? Almost where my ancestors are from. I'm sure that my family came over at some point in time. You know, I don't really have, I haven't really looked that far into that family history, but <laughs> I'm sure every all the listeners are interested in my family history. <laughs> <laughs> well, my listeners are interested. You know, the thing that's unique about our platform more so than than most of the other broadcasting channels in yep. this particular industry is the fact that they get access to the stories behind the people who are running the brands and companies that they love. And so for me, no subject has ever been taboo, really finding out like the source and the origin of the people and the stories that they have come through to get to where they are today is the pieces that are most fascinating and how we've been able to create and cultivate brand loyalty and commitment and, you know, really allowing people to see behind the scenes that like, Hey, guess what? We're real people too. So I I love, you know, tapping into as much of 
who we are as possible. Yeah, it's, it's very unique. You probably have a very special take because you interview people from different aspects of business. I was in California for a conference or a convention maybe a month ago, and we actually sat down and introduced ourselves to some manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And the manufacturers, they said, wow, it's so cool to see what people do with the products that we make for them because we have no idea that all this work goes into building a brand. Like to even have to pick your brand, we wouldn't know where to start. They said, we take raw material, we make it into really good hemp products, and then we go from there. Once that's done, our job is over, we go home, we sleep well. Your job is 24 hours, you're a brand owner. So it's very cool that you get to interview people that are from different aspects of the industry. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the favorite pieces of my business that I do. And I've, I you know, my husband and I have about 30, somewhere between 32 and 35 years combined experience in this industry. I was born in Santa Cruz, raised in Northern California in Mendocino, Humboldt Hills. My husband moved over from Colorado to be a part of the 1996 legislative boom with cannabis over there. And then we came back to Colorado to work on legislation that would legalize here. We owned and operated one of the first licensed dispensaries and have seen really all facets of this industry grow and been a part of helping entrepreneurs succeed here. So what we have noticed is the, the ones who really take the time and energy to build the brand and the story behind their brand and have selected a niche that they want to serve, those are the ones that really have had a position in this industry long-term. Now, I want to find out more about you. Talk to me a little bit about, you have so many cool things happening, which I'll let you share yourself. No need to expose my stalker nature in, in huh. who you are in your business, but why don't you take a few minutes and just introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about how you got involved in the CBD movement. Well, I think that kind of what you might have been alluding to there for a second was I am very busy. I manage or run 12 or so different businesses, anywhere ranging from my online gambling company. And it's not online gambling per se. It's actually an affiliate network, just to clear that up. So I have, I have extensive experience in the affiliate industry since about 2003, 2004. So we're going on more than a decade and a half of experience with that which can kind of segue into maybe something that I'm working on right now for NoHi, and that is that we have launched an affiliate program for NoHi. And for those that are not, you know, crazy workaholics like I am, who want to build a brand, who want to promote products, come up with labels, do compliance, write copy, uh, go to conferences, not everybody can do that. A lot, like when I was an affiliate, I was younger, I was energetic about writing. I was energetic about sharing my story, sharing things. I had written a poker blog at the time, teaching people how to use poker, for instance, just talking about poker. And the same can be done today in CBD and CBD oil and hemp. I did that without having to worry about hiring designers, hiring coders, programmers to create, you know, a slot or an online poker game or whatever. It was too big of an investment for me. So what I did at the time, and this is actually where I made my first, you know, million dollars. I made a lot of money when I was very young. I just ran this blog and I was an affiliate for these companies and they gave me some revenue share, what have you. 
every time I sent them a sale. And I just noticed that it would ramp up. It was basically $0 at first. And then it was $50. And then it was, Oh, I made a hundred dollars. And then before I knew it, this business snowballed into thousands of dollars a day. So my affiliate business was great. And if anybody's considering starting a business and they don't have the capital or the deep pockets or the investor, or they don't want to work, you know, 16 hours a day, like some of us, you know, brand owners, that's a great place to start. And, you know, a little shameless plug, if they do want to be an affiliate for NoHi, they can just go to nohi.com forward slash CBD hyphen affiliate hyphen program. And we also, you know, I told you I buy domains. I bought nohi.com for over $5,000. I also bought CBD affiliate programs.com and we're going to be building that out as our. Forget it. That's such a dope. That's such a dope domain. So. That'll be our next project. And we're not just going to be, you know, pimping out our own affiliate program. We're going to be talking about every affiliate program out there that's worth reviewing. My extensive experience tells me that I shouldn't just put the good ones on there. I should put the bad ones on there too. And then what we would do is create a blacklist. We would do like an upvote downvote system where people can vote for or against affiliate programs, leave their own user generated content about why that affiliate program is great or why it sucks or, this affiliate program didn't pay me, so on and so forth. And then what we can do is we'll actually charge these affiliate programs to have representation on our website once we build a community so they can outreach to our community, through our community, to these people and manage these public-facing issues. So I think that that'll be good to have a watchdog in the industry for that part of the industry. And eventually, I think that the companies, once some of the business slows down and they become a little more heavily dependent on these affiliates, it will be important. So you've already heard about three of my businesses, basically. NoHi, the affiliate program for gaming, and then the new affiliate program for the hemp and CBD industry that we're coming out with. I also have a small real estate company. We own some land. I owned a gas station. So having this brand is something that, how do I say it? I have experience with gas stations and convenience stores now, so I know how they work. So our brand could easily end up in those type of places, even though the crowd might say, don't buy CBD from a gas station. The brand is a brand. If you see the same brand in a gas station as you do online, as you do in a dispensary, it's the same brand. The one thing that you need to watch out for as a consumer for CBD is that if you are getting it from a gas station or a convenience store or Walgreens or wherever, just be cognizant of what brand you're buying because the gas station owners don't care as much. The smoke shop owners don't care as much as your pharmacies and your grocery stores. They will just buy what sells. The gas stations go through distributors and the distributors go through different processes. They require you to have a large amount of insurance, very, very expensive insurance. So there's a lot of moving parts to it, but having that experience in the gas station industry is going to help us get our product in more brick and mortar across the nation and introduce our product to more people. You have extensive experience in both online and would you say that's the same for offline distribution and retail sales? I feel like they're completely different. They are completely different, but does your experience and do you feel like your brand, the way that you're building your brand right now, based off of your experience, that you have more preparedness to move into both on and offline marketplaces? Absolutely, because I've done both. So I've had my online experiences through the affiliate industry. I also own a company called Street Saw Hoverboards at streetsaw.com. We 
started out as an e-commerce play. And then I realized quickly that the brick and mortar play in retail was becoming much more important at the time. And around 2015, 2016, when that industry blew up, no pun intended. Uh, (laughs) So I opened a small retail chain in Las Vegas and it did pretty well for a couple of years and then it fizzled out. But that gave me a lot of experience in the retail industry in addition to the gas station that I owned. So I got to see different brick and mortar plays and how they worked. One thing that I, I have no interest in is opening up our own chain of no high stores. I have absolutely zero interest in that. The overhead is crazy. Payroll is crazy. Dealing with employees at that level and management is just crazy. And it's to me, it's not worth distracting my brain from what I'm good at. So I do see here in Las Vegas, there are there's a new CBD store opening every week on every corner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. I think that we're probably past about 30 or 40 CBD dedicated stores already in this city. So instead of opening my own, no high CBD store, I have no ego. I don't care. I'm just going to walk up to these guys and then see if they want to carry our brand. It's that simple. And you know, these are opening in many other cities, not just my city. So, you know, anybody that's watching that does have a brand, you know, it doesn't hurt to go approach the places uh, that are opening up in your local jurisdiction. It's going to be easier to deliver to them, coordinate with them, and then, you know, make sure that your product's actually selling. What, what I have found to be really super interesting is through this interview, so I'm, I'm doing a major media blitz right now. I'm getting ready myself. I'm getting ready to go and speak at the 3C Summit in New York with some of the top, have you heard of the summit? 3C Summit? Yep. Yeah, so I'm getting I'm one of the only female panelists who will be speaking there on the 24th of September and then I get to go to Carnegie Hall and I'll be speaking at Carnegie Hall with the one and only Martha Stewart of all people. <laughs> and what I'm getting ready to do in, in this media blitz of, of attracting all of the CBD companies, because I'm going to be the only person talking about CBD and cannabis at the Carnegie Hall conference, is I am trying to raise awareness around the CBD brands that are doing things a little bit differently. And what I'm recognizing in interviewing these 200 entrepreneurs that I've invited to our platform is most of them have offline established businesses. They're in grocery stores, they're in, you know, local marketplaces, they even own the CBD dispensaries themselves, but they have little to no expertise or let alone confidence to come online. What are some of the things that you can share with our brands who are trying to figure out how to make that offline to online transition? What are some of the ways that you have been successful or some of the challenges that you have faced and what is some key pieces of advice that you could offer them while they're trying to make that transition? So making the transition from offline to online is they're different. They're, they're vastly different. You would make a phone call to your local buddy and ask them, would like to carry your CBD. They ask you to come and bring a sell sheet, show them some products, give them a sample usually, and then, at least in the gas station industry, we would always ask for samples and then see how they sell. If they don't sell, we don't order. If they do sell, we might order a small batch at first. You can't do that online, you know? So, you know, it's like trying to nail jello to a tree. You know, it's just a little bit different. The same strategies just don't work. 
if you don't have the experience online, hire someone. Don't make your own website. Don't waste your time. Don't go into pay-per-click. I can't tell you how often I've seen someone reluctant to hire an agent to do their Facebook campaigns, to do their Google campaign, have them go and wait the money on the clicks, but they don't realize that the money that they're spending could have been much less if they hired someone who knew what they were doing. So, I mean, we've used different you know, agents in the past. I have people reaching out to me all the time through Facebook messenger I was just ask you that. and everything. And there's, there's a lot of different companies out there that you can use. In the past, we used cardimedia.com. They were great. I used them for my street saw hoverboard company when it was winter, you know, like when, when the holidays are there. So, you know, setting up like Black Friday, Cyber Monday campaigns, really important. Making sure that there's awareness around the right time when people are searching for these products and they want to spend money on these products is very important. Mm-hmm. Another thing that people coming from the brick and mortar industry and going into the online industry might not realize is, you know, like I had someone approach me recently with a lot of inventory. They're ready to sell it. They seem to be very connected on a brick and mortar stage, but they don't know how to sell their product online. Mm-hmm. So they acquired an email list and the email list, we don't know what quality that email list is, but they paid, they paid a pretty penny for this email list. And I said, well, having an email list is great, but are you aware that emailing them is actually illegal? Oh, I had no idea. Well, they didn't opt into your list. They opted into someone else's list. So if you don't know what you're doing, you can lose money, you can get in trouble and it's just not worth it. So stick to what you're good at. If you're good at brick and mortar, stick to it. If you want to bring on a partner maybe for the online part, then I would do that. But make sure that that person knows what they're doing when it comes to internet marketing. It's crazy to me how many people just think that they can build a website and that people will come. It does not work like that. You probably know better than anybody how important PR is, how important reaching out is, how important capturing those leads and getting them to subscribe to your messenger bot. You're getting their email address so you hit them from different points. Get them on your Instagram. Get in their face as much as you can. You know, like from an internet standpoint, what the brick and mortar guys won't understand is, hey, once I got you subscribed on on ManyChat, on our chatbot, I get you over to our email list and I ask you to visit our website. All you have to do is visit our website. That's it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Well, guess what happens when you visit our website? We do what's called pixeling you. We make sure that we know you were on our website and now we drop a cookie on your browser and we follow you around the internet marketing to you. There's many different ways to do it. And while people in the industry, even they think they know what they're doing, think that Google and Facebook, you can't advertise on them. Well, you might not be able to advertise on them, but I know some secret ways that you can advertise to people. (laughs) We've been doing it for the last three and a half years. And when most people are getting shut down and losing their accounts and going through these horror stories of online growth, I've been like over here, just steady as the as the day is long, you know, in our methods. But a lot of it, I think the challenge in an industry where there's so much excitement. I experienced it with the IM movement too, the internet marketing movement where everybody wanted to be an affiliate and, and people were just blowing out overnight, becoming overnight sensations. It was so easy back then. Yeah, we just was, bought links. We just bought blogs. It was so I know. Easy. 
I know it was nuts. And, and I'm virtual, just to be clear, I'm virtually tech tarted. Like I moved into internet marketing, barely being able to send an email. And Mark Cuban said this best, hire your weaknesses. So I love what you're saying because I don't think entrepreneurs have a realistic picture in the beginning of what it actually takes to build a brand or an organization that has the stickability of a big yep. business, right? They just have this vision of grandeur, the pie in the sky, and they're willing to do whatever it takes until they're bankrupt and embarrassed, right? <laughs> so and that's we, what happens. People think that the that there's just an endless money pit and there's not, there's no end. If you're not doing it right, you're just losing money. Yeah. You hire someone the wrong way, you lose money. Another thing is if someone buys inventory, they think the value of that inventory is going to be the same forever. I could buy a hundred thousand or $500,000 worth of inventory. I mean, it's going to be worth half of that. And then six more months, it's going to be worth half of that again, because we're in a new and booming industry. Hemp yep. farmers are farming the living crap out of this. Yep. It's going to become a commodity. And if you don't sell it quick and you don't sell it now while people have it in demand, your inventory is going to just continue to reduce in value. So talk to me a little bit. I, I want to know more about No High because you, you guys not only have a really good look and feel to your brand, something that is non-invasive, it, it, it definitely permeates the mainstream. It's not necessarily attached to any one person, which makes it a standalone brand. I want to understand a little bit about the mission and the movement behind No High and what you guys are setting out to do right now. What is the mission behind the No High brand? I mean, the mission is, you know, people know about cannabis, they know about marijuana, but they don't know about this certain oil or molecule, cannabinoid, that's in the cannabis plant. They are typically getting, they need relief from symptoms, and a lot of them might have in the past or, or whatever gotten it from marijuana, from smoking weed. But what people don't understand is that not everybody wants to get high all the time, or maybe they don't want to get high at all. That's where our brand comes in. We are the brand where you won't get high on our products, but you're going to be able to take it for your symptoms and there's a chance that it might work for you. So that's kind of what we're, what we're targeting. It's, it's a little more broad than other companies like veterans vitality, who's, Hey, we're, we're here for the veterans and you know, the veterans have PTSD and whatnot. We're here for people who just want symptom relief, but don't want to get high. I love that. I think that there's so much emphasis on, you know, especially in the cannabis industry and the stigma is still traveling with the growth of the industry, no matter how professional people want to appear, how much money they put into the professional look and feel of their brand, there is still a stigma that's following because the nature of the genetics are being bred to be high, like extremely high. It's like alien weed nowadays. And even the hemp is a similar sort of genetic manipulation right now where it to get full spectrum and really pushing the envelope with that 0.3%. And, you know, all of the things that are happening inside of the lab, there's still these cerebral effect that middle earth, as I call them, the Homer Simpsons of the United States, middle America, who yep. is carrying the stigma has been exposed to the negative side of cannabis does not want to feel that cerebral shift, but does want the physical and emotional relief this is a really good middle ground. 
tell and me that's where I'm from by the way is from Middle Earth. Minnesota originally oh. so I grew up with that stigma you know like you don't touch marijuana and the people that did lived in trailer parks I mean that's just how it was when I grew up so there was a negative stigma attached to it yeah for sure and to kind of go back to your point about where that stigma comes from it doesn't help that the hemp CBD companies are aligning themselves, I believe incorrectly with a lot of the same things that the marijuana industry is. Give me um, some examples. I'd, so, I'm, I'm like, so excited you know, about this one. St- sticky icky, right? Oh, we've got that <laughs> sticky icky CBD. You should see some of the brand names that are coming out. They're just ridiculously stupid. Like CBD cures, everything.com. Like these brands literally exist and they will get shut down without a doubt. I would never invest or put one penny or I wouldn't even put my consulting time at any of these horrible brand names unless they're willing to change. In addition to that, I do find it kind of lightheartedly funny that we see 420 all the time and we associate it with the cannabis plant. But to align your CBD brand directly with 420 might be a mistake because of what it represents and what's behind it. So some of these things need to be thought out a little bit better by the cannabis brands and the hemp brands that are coming out there. Like if you'll look at our logo, it's not green. It's not it's yellow. Not green. <laughs> it's not black. It's not purple. It's blue and pink. And the blue and pink represents the men and women out there that need symptom relief. And you know, that's what we're there for. So I it's not that. about the green and the getting high and the getting lazy on the couch type of stuff. It's about, you know, helping people. I think that that's a really important point. And a lot of what I have been working to eliminate is that sort of stereotypical approach to the use of cannabis. I was, and through this interview, we're just sort of getting to know each other ourselves. So a piece of my story and entry into this industry, surprisingly, and I I grew up in California. I, I, grew up running around barefoot and in diapers around these giant trees and I didn't know the difference. California is a beautiful place to grow up. Oh man. It it's a, I've yeah, always it, wanted to end up there when I was, since I was young. I, for some reason, I just was so attracted to California and now I'm here very close in Vegas and I'll make my way to California <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, it's magical really. It's, it's a magical place. I've lived all in and through the California area and so for me, it wasn't such it wasn't such a negative stigma around the plant, but the age in which I was exposed to it was not necessarily acceptable. I was in high school, and so you you start to develop a reputation for being just like a rebellious teenage stoner. And I love to surf. I love to be in the water. I was I was one of those beach girls down in San Diego, and I was in a near fatal surfing accident actually, which is how my journey with cannabis started because I had spent tens of thousands of hours, like many of your clients, I had spent tens of thousands of hours and tens of thousands of dollars in the medical system, was not experiencing relief, was being prescribed multiple medications that were creating more symptoms and exasperating my syndrome rather than bringing me back to balance. And I found myself at the peak of my at the peak of my illness or syndrome, about 100 pounds overweight, seven different medications, and, and literally so depressed that I was waiting to just, I was like, how many of these pills do I have to take to just end it? 
right now because of the size of our community a little over a million people in our community and we've reached a little over 50 million in the last 18 months through our message and with our stories i get to hear a lot of these types of stories where people yeah. say before cbd i was thank you before cbd i felt like this and so I have such a deep place in my heart where I'm, I'm committed to the excellence in this industry and creating multiple ways for people to become educated, empowered, and accepted because they want to understand how to use a product like NoHi, for instance, to improve the way that they feel and function without having to acquire a stigma of being a stoner, you know, or some counterculture participant. When I got exposed to cannabis as a medicine, it was after I had gone through all of this failure with the traditional medical system and a holistic neurologist introduced me to my endocannabinoid system, taught me about microdosing, phytonutrients, you know, less use of THC, more of the other cannabinoids. And this is before any of mainstream science had come into the industry. So I firmly believe in a full spectrum product because I, I think that God made things as miraculous as it needed to be to create the results we're looking for. But I also believe that science allows us to manipulate those compounds in a way that give us what we actually need and not everybody needs to get high. You're getting ready to develop or are in the stages of development for your dispensers, what are the uh, kiosks. Oh, yes, our CBD vending machines. Yeah, yes. your vending machines. This is yep. a cool thing. I saw Greenbox do it in California with cannabis. Didn't love it. I'm like, why does it have to be in the face of our kids? Truth be told, I was not a huge supporter of recreational cannabis. I thought it was too soon, too fast. But with your kiosks and your vending machines, where are we going to find those? And what benefit do you think we're going to see in the community around No High's brand exposure? Okay, so these machines will be strategically placed in various locations. We've secured our first location, and we'll be announcing that probably in the next two to four weeks. It's a big deal. We are going to do some major PR and press behind it because a very prestigious location is involved, and the press is going to be extremely interested because of the combination of a new, you know, a newer CBD company along with this location. Not something that we can release at this moment. There has been some press on uh, like worldwideweednews.com picked us up and did a quick article on us with that. That was kind of cool. So these vending machines, as you know, it is kind of a newer, newer play for us. What we're well, doing- the industry is, as a whole, there's not a lot of people who have vending machines. So this is, yes. this, for me, this is really going to humanize and create a certain level of accessibility that yep. we didn't have before. And these machines are, they're crazy technology too. It's an age-restricted machine. So it restricts the purchase of the products inside of it, which we recommend to be CBD or, or whatnot. If you have a dispensary, you could probably put it within your dispensary and dispense marijuana products through it. So what we're doing is we have these available for sale and we can put a brand's wrap and a brand's products onto it as well. 
So if anybody so is out there- white labeling the vending machine as well, white labeling the technology and the machine. And so somebody else could put their stuff into it. And at the same time, if they want to just purchase one of your machines to have you in their location, they can do that as well. What I'm trying to understand for what you just said is if somebody wants to put their own brand in this machine, you're white labeling it. You have the technology, you have the machine. They can, they can purchase the machine outright from us. Yeah. And um, you'll wrap it for them in their brand. Yes. And then we'll give them consistent full stop uh, with the merchant processing, with the technology, the software, the wrap, what have you to put into their own location. So this is a popular solution for people who own their own location and want their own brand. Yeah. So that's an option for smaller orders. You have to pay for the machine full price. Mm -hmm. And on the fifth machine, we will allow a leasing program. So somebody doesn't have to pay the full thing to continue going. If someone comes to us and they want 25 machines, 50 machines, a hundred machines, then we can talk about financing and leasing as well. So those are all definitely options. Before we get started into that too much, we're definitely going to be placing our own machines. Yeah. So there's a lot of awareness around what these things are. On our machine, we're going to have a little thing on the bottom that says to inquire about getting a machine in your location, contact us at nohigh.com. Yeah. <laughs> no, so. I love this. There's a lot of people. And just so you know, Daniel, we have, we have a pretty diverse group of people who are listening to our podcast. We have established brands and businesses in the CBD and cannabis movement. We have ancillary businesses who are looking to get themselves more heavily involved so that they can capitalize off of this industry. We have people who have no involvement whatsoever who are looking for ways to invest and involve themselves. And then we have- That's what they should do, by the way. Like some of these investors want to start their own. If you don't know what you're doing, definitely just find someone to invest in and then ask them all the right questions. I, I can't tell you how many people have come to me with investments in the last two decades of my life, especially because I made a lot of money young, remember? Yeah, I was yeah. 19 years old. I made my first you know million dollars. Yeah. And at that point, people came to me and said, I have this idea. Oh, I have, I have this idea. I have this idea. And I made a lot of mistakes you know, with my money young. So you know, unfortunately, I did lose a lot. So if you're going to be an investor in the industry, make sure that you are smart about it and don't go and try and buy your own stuff. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because I'm a brand. I'm saying that because I'm literally trying to protect these people. The value of, of the inventory is going to drop. The stuff expires after a certain period of time too. Yeah. It could be worthless and unsellable as well. And yeah. then we're going to have the same problem in the hemp industry as we did in the hoverboard industry. Hoverboard batteries got a bad rap for batteries blowing up. And then they weren't sellable. Amazon stopped allowing the sale of, of these hoverboards. They sat in warehouses for years and years and years. And then eventually they got liquidated. They're still on the market years later. That very same thing could happen in the hemp CBD industry because it's such a parabolic advance right now. Yeah. People are buying stuff that they can't even sell. And in a year, two years, three years time, that product's still going to be in someone's garage or it's going to be in someone's storage or someone's warehouse and they're going to sell it. They're not going to dump it in the trash because they're attached to it. They paid a lot of money for it. So to all the investors out there, just make sure that you're smart about what you're getting into. Buy into a farm. That's probably one of the best places you can put your money as an investor. 
One of the things that we recognize, so we have this huge captivated consumer audience, right? And, and our whole mission and what we started was to bring the truth about cannabis, to empower our consumers with the education they needed to make educated decisions about what brands and products they were going to be using and what kind of results they could expect. Well, because we have the captured audience and no brands can advertise online, we started to get an influx of businesses who needed and wanted traffic. Well, what we discovered is that I can send you all the traffic at push button right now. I can send you five to 10,000 clicks. How many do you You want? Yours, you get paid on that. And that's a great deal for you every time. So the only challenge is I could send them a million clicks and they weren't ready to receive it. They weren't ready to receive, they didn't have the digital infrastructure, they didn't have the products, yep. they had over leveraged in their purchase of inventory and just had products sitting but no money to advertise. So. When you and I first met, I had just opened up the Emerald Circle Mastermind because my network is so vast and I had pulled together this group of people who would offer little to no MOQs, better pricing on products like we're undercutting the market right now by 15 to 20%. All of the different things, merchant processing, baking, I mean, anything that you can think of as far as this industry goes we have pulled together the network and created special pricing and built in the consulting and advertising to the Emerald Circle. And, you know, we did that to help the brands that had quality product, the mission and the message. We wanted to help them rise to the top because right now the conversation in the industry is how am I going to get in rather than how am I going to stay? I truly believe from my research into the No High brand, I've actually used you as an example in other interviews because I believe that you have built your brand to be a legacy brand. You're not something that's going to dissolve, you know, six months, a year from now. You, the way that you're building your brand, and I literally have said these exact same words about you in another (laughs) interview, but the way that you are building your brand has the foresight to answer the question, how am I going to stand apart? When everybody else is doing this, how is my brand going to stand apart? How do you do that? Not every entrepreneur has the foresight. You can't sell common sense in a bottle on the retail shelf. Common sense is not so common. So walk us through some of the considerations that you have as a business owner and as a brand builder. How do you build a business that has that longevity for the industry that it's a part of? Well, you have a lot of experience, number one. (laughs) I've had experience in many different industries and taken little golden nuggets out of every single one. All the businesses I mentioned already. And then I also was a, I was a partner on a company that was in the organic skincare industry. Uh, I was the investor. I was the business acumen, kind of like the advisor, make sure that we're going in the right direction. And then my partner was responsible for creating the skincare products. I had a lot of experience throughout that relationship that taught me some things. Like I had no idea prior to that business, how do I get glass? How do I print a label? How do I get a label design? Why is label design for a product different than designing a website banner? And the answer, the quick answer is, well, one is 72 dots per inch and the other is 300 dots per inch. So it's a lot higher quality. You got to make sure that you can actually read it on the labels. Plus 
compliance. I learned compliance through that too. We were working with the USDA. So the USDA has their own rules and guidelines. If you use the USDA logo or write the word organic on your product, there's compliance behind that. You could get sued if you do that incorrectly. If it's too big, if it's the wrong color, if it's altered, if it doesn't say where it was certified organic, these type of things, I, I found out they matter. And that's not something that someone just learns. That's something that you have to have experience or get someone like me or a consultant or a partner to advise you on. Because if you end up making the wrong turn and you keep walking in the wrong direction, your business is going to fail. So back to kind of building a legacy brand. For me, this has been on my mind for years, the Nohi brand. Where I started in the CBD industry was I had a friend who now owns an incredible domain name. He owns cbdoil.com. And he's the pioneer in the industry. And I have to give him credit for that. He didn't own that back then. He just purchased it recently for half a million dollars, which is a lot of money for a domain. I helped him out a little bit, you know, just kind of chit-chatting over dinner and whatnot here and there. I think we had we had drinks one night and I gave him some advice on shipping because he was shipping a large number of products every month. Mm-hmm. And he was spending between two to four dollars more than he needed to on every product. Wow. That alone added up to the equivalent of a high level full-time employee that could have been working for him. So hopefully that helped him, helped him. But that was probably, you know, three or four years ago now. And then I have another friend who owns another business and I'll say the business name, it's pharmaextracts.com. And they started, I believe in 2017, late 2017. And I was, I was there for their start as well, helping them. I did put a lot of hours and a lot of work into that new company for him. I helped them process a large number of orders in their first week of business. And I wish we would have been able to negotiate something where I could have stayed. I like the brand. It's a good brand. It's very strong. I'm sure they're doing a lot of orders. But in hindsight, I think that my mistake was that these were two great opportunities in my life that I could have had to get involved in the CBD industry a little earlier with friends that know what they're doing. Unfortunately, the value of these companies has you know, skyrocketed since, and there's no opportunity for me to be involved in those. So I did that I would start my own. And I started thinking about brands. I started, started thinking about logos. I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to be, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be XYZCBD.com. Everyone's doing that. You know, I don't want to make claims. I don't want to use the word treat, cure, or diagnose. What can I come up with? So I came up with the original name, was going to be like exhale CBD. And I was like, oh, this is a cool one. Exhale, kind of like relaxing, calm, great idea. And I was going to roll with that, going to run with that one until I discovered that there was a marijuana dispensary happened to actually be in Las Vegas called exhale this marijuana dispensary. And I'm like, oh, there's no way that I'm not going to be infringing upon them. So I thought about the most obvious thing that I could about CBD and I go, it doesn't make you high. CBD just does not make you high. So then I thought no high and I looked up the domain. No one took it. I did my research on trademarks. No one had it. I did my research on Google. No one was using it as a brand at the time. Nohigh.com was only like 2000 bucks <laughs> and I didn't buy it. I just started developing instead like an idiot. I went and bought a different TLD. I bought like nohigh.io and 
the domainer that owned the .com, you know, increase the price of the .com because he saw that I bought another, you know, <laughs> so that's some more advice for people is if you have a brand in mind and there's a domainer that has a .com, don't go register other extensions. <laughs> they will just increase the price of the .com because they know that's the best one. It doesn't matter. Anybody that comes out with an IO, I, I won't shop at a .io because a lot of these people are coming from the crypto and blockchain industry and they didn't succeed. So why would I want to buy <laughs> or do business with a company with a .io when I'm pretty certain they didn't succeed in the blockchain and crypto industry? So these guys, in my opinion, are primarily in the CBD industry for quick money and they won't be here in a couple of years when the test of time will just, I think that it'll fail them. So I also thought, okay, what color should I make my brand? And I wanted to stand out. That's all. That's the only reason I, I did the blue at first was I wanted to stand out. I did, I did a Pantone of, should I do yellow? Should I do green? Should I do purple? Should, you know, I did different Pantones and this was just the most attractive to me. And at the time it was just a solid blue color and my graphic designer, sent it to me and then I just I just said you know what let's add a little flair to it I added the pink tip and that was it so that's that's what our our brand ended up being and also if you look at the logo you'll see the n and the h for no high do you see it yeah yeah so that's it's true. a very deeply thought out logo you know I'm gonna it, see you when I'm in Vegas and best believe me when I say I'm gonna be rocking that hat <laughs> it's so fresh on the white. Like I, I'm sorry. I'm all about the look. And it's so, so I have news for you. Our apparel. We're creating some really badass apparel. We have these cool hats. We have. I have a beach towel over here next to me. I saw um, you in your little beach towel. <laughs> I've got shorts. We've got bikini. We've got all this really great swag that are only available to customers through our loyalty program. Sick. We are not going to allow anyone to purchase them. You have to have earned points and then those points can be spent on, on no high swag at no high.com. Can I tell you something? You probably heard this before, but I would just go <laughs> ahead and say it anyways. You are like, you are in the top three or maybe two of the three that I've heard so far of the fastest growing industries, cash rich, certainly industries yep. in the world right now, gaming. Yep. Cannabis. And are you involved in cryptocurrency? Yep, I am. And hoverboards too. I've and been hoverboards. So I, I actually started, I started in the cryptocurrency industry in I think 2012, 2013, Before 2012. It was cool. Yeah. It was literally just a bunch of us guys just nerding out. Like this is super cool. It was, I think it was $150 for a Bitcoin at the time. No, I was um, watching Bitcoin when it was like 75 cents and silver yeah. and like. Yeah, it's crazy. I wish I had held on to it. <laughs> so here's a quick, funny kind of a, a story is I sold all my crypto in I think 2016 to go and try to grow marijuana in California. And <laughs> uh, it didn't work. The grower ended up stealing all of the money. No, where did you go? what was it to like kind of like Temecula area, Anza area. Yep, it yep, wasn't, yep. it wasn't exactly above bar, but since we never grew anything whatsoever, I can tell, <laughs> I can t talk about the story. I was literally just an investor in a project and we got ripped off. So 
that's my story of how I lost all my Bitcoin. Oh my God. You know what? That's not the worst story that I've heard. I've heard thou shall remain nameless, but someone's wife put them into a divorce and he had like multiple seven, I mean, many seven figures over. He should have just given her half of the private key. Dude, she didn't need to. He, she signed it all over to herself and then divorced oh, no. him and then left him destitute. It's a horrifying story. Just yeah. so, so sad. And, it, you know, that's one of the things that is really sad. I think that our industry as a whole in the CBD space is self-governing right now. And you talked about creating a standard with your affiliate program and, yeah. and with your consumer platform that you're going to allow them to share the results that they're getting. Good brands, bad brands, it'll be up to the consumer to decide. I was saying it's the affiliates that will be able to share stories of whether or not they got paid by the program, so on and so forth. We don't want to be responsible for the consumer's opinions on these other brands. We are perfectly happy to manage our own consumers and our brands as far as our reviews and our recommendations, but hopefully someone out there will create some sort of like a consumer watchdog or advocacy website. We believe that these brands should become part of the bigger associations like the U S hemp association. Yeah. There's a, I think there's another business called like natural products where they are helping brands and everybody with their labeling requirements and FTA requirements there's a lot of work that goes into it. And these are communities that the better brands should be part of. Yep. For sure. I agree. I agree. Well, I interface with a lot of the consumers. So I get the horror stories from brands not being, not delivering the results, you know, finding one that they like, but then the next bottle doesn't deliver the results. Likewise, from the people who want to get into the business and don't have a tremendous amount of startup, which by the way, I'll plug the No High Affiliate Program. Definitely check it out because all the reasons mentioned, if you are watching this industry, want to be a part of it, know that there's an opportunity for you to succeed here, need and want to take advantage of a product and brand who is building itself and its infrastructure in a way that that will allow you to continuously benefit from its growth. This is a brand that you can definitely feel confident and comfortable being a part of. You guys have been in business for how long? Two years? Yeah, it's a couple of years, but we've recently been working on like redesigning and kind of more, more so deploying ourselves and taking it more seriously. Again, I was consulting for companies prior to yeah. this. So my time was taken up and then at the time it was more of kind of an idea. But I've been watching you for about nine months, I think. Is how long I've, I've yeah, six, yeah, seven to nine months, something like that. So what I've witnessed so far, I think is, I think is very cool. I feel really confident being able to say that what you're doing and more importantly, how you're doing it is a safe place for people to be able to come and, and explore yep. the opportunity to be a part of this industry. As far as the consumer governance goes, or this industry as a whole it being self-governed, we have to hold ourselves to a different standard of operation right now because there is no rules by the governing municipalities that manage yep. every other industry. So there will, while be. <laughs> there will be soon, right? It, I, I expect it in the next three to six yep. months we're going to see some. FDA warning letters went out this morning, actually. I just got forwarded an email from one of our farmers. The title says, FDA issues more warning letters regarding marketing of cannabis. And this was from Fisher Broyles Attorneys at Law. 
They're um, looking at how employees are interacting on social media right now. Like it's a very deep investigation into way into the way that these brands are marketing and advertising, which I'm going to ask you one more question. How are you getting around in your advertising right now? This is one of the number one challenges of the industry is how to bring brand exposure and market and advertise your business. How are you moving around it right now? We are actually not at a point yet where we are worried about getting too much traffic. Depending on when people are listening to this podcast, whether it be today or next week or two weeks from now, we are launching a very beautiful new website. I'm not sure if I've shared it with you. And once we have that in place, then we can start worrying about our traffic more and more. I think that as we've kind of concluded in our discussion here, our brand isn't going anywhere. Our brand is something that people will share with each other uh, word of mouth. And you know that's going to be a good start for us. Also, as you had mentioned earlier, traffic, people can buy traffic from you, but not see results. What we've done is we've flip-flopped it. We're not buying traffic. We're building a foundation. So when we get that traffic, we can approach people like you and we can actually purchase traffic, take that traffic and we do the right thing with it. We don't just send them to our, our Wix or our GoDaddy, whatever webpage, and then slap a fake label on someone else's bottle and try and sell them this bottle of crap. We've worked very hard at establishing ourselves as having this gorgeous website, very sticky, lots of information. I have a scientist on board who's actually our journalist, who I believe she has her PhD, and she worked in the stem cell industry as a chemist. So we don't mess around. Like, like our articles and our content is actually pretty complicated, talking about like bioavailability and yeah. the endocannabinoid system and the different receptors that are in your body. These are things that people who are interested in learning more about how they can take cannabis. So we will be getting traffic and thankfully there's people like you out there who we can buy it from. If <laughs> we want to. So that's a conversation we'll have to have. Yeah, for sure. I would love that. I never looked at myself as an agency and I, and in the history of my platform, we've only ever promoted about six brands. We're very yep. selective. We look at the, at the organization, the story, the education, the efficacy of the product. And we have been the self-governing agency to make sure that the products and brands that our customer base gets exposure to are of the absolute highest quality. So yours is one I would definitely be honored to. I love that you're building in a point system for that as well. I'd love to tie you into our affiliate network. We have a program where we're certifying people as natural health consultants and they acquire multiple brands to be able to sell on the back end of that. So would love to plug you inside of that network as well. And I really appreciate the way that you are approaching this industry as a as somebody who has seen and been a part of the growing pains from the very beginning of this space and somebody whose life has been transformed through quality products i just have to express my gratitude to you and the care and consideration that you are putting into the way that you are building your business and making this a safe family friendly option to care for oneself to maintain a healthy lifestyle or otherwise improve your life and functionality. There's just nothing like feeling good. If yep. you feel good and you look good, you can do incredible things in the world. So thank you very much for what you're doing and how you're doing. Yeah. I appreciate it. And if you don't mind, before we sign off, I'd like to um, run and grab my bottle because I think that's another part we never talked about. Have you seen my bottles? 
No, I haven't. And I was actually going to ask you, and so this is perfect in closing, I want to see your products. Okay. I'm going to show you our tincture products real quick here. Let me see if I have, there we go. This is like the perfect wrestling around, by the way, because we're looking at this beautiful <laughs> girl, but we can hear you like digging in the treasure box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find the right one here. I'm just going to show you our tincture and we have new labels that we're having made literally this week. I just put the order in for them yesterday. So to start out, our bottles are multicolored and we had these custom made. Let's see if you can see this. Yes. Awesome. So it matches our brand, right? Yes. So this is um, our original label, Mary's Berry 500 milligram full spectrum. And our new labels actually have a nice little shine to them. This is a product we're working on. It's our lavender. Now do you Beautiful. see this? Yeah, I see the difference. The glisten. shine. Yes. It's so dope. So that's something that's going to be a little different about our new bottles. Looks good. We did make one more change, and this is going to be helpful to any other brands out there. When you want to be compliant, it says 1,500 milligrams right there. We actually put, we, we added to that. So our next print is going to say per bottle because people, the consumers don't know if, it, if they're getting 1,500 milligrams per serving or per bottle or per dropper. Mm -hmm. So it's important to write that on there. In addition to that, this whoops, this does not say dietary supplement, but we believe that it should. We do have a supplement facts panel on here. So what we did was we called it a hemp supplement. So instead of saying it's CBD, like it's kind of under the rate, it's under target right now. Everybody that says CBD and they make these claims, cures this, does this, yep. we're just calling it a hemp supplement. The consumer can figure it out for themselves based on what they read about our product, the results that they get from it, taking our, our product. And that's, that's all that matters to us at the end. Super so, smart. Yeah. We're not trying to have an ego and say we're the number one CBD company or CBD this. When you start using the word CBD and throwing it around, especially when you're selling a full spectrum or broad spectrum product, you're ignoring all the other cannabinoids that are inside. And there's over 113 identified cannabinoids by ignoring all those, you're telling a marketing statement that says this is an isolate because you're just talking about CBD yeah. and CBD isolate is something that is patented by, I believe, GW Pharma yep. and you don't want to get involved in that. So we're taking as much of a safe route as we can along the way to avoid conflicts with other companies, to avoid infringing on other people's trademarks, copyrights, patents, whatnot, while also providing the consumer with enough information where they know what they're buying. Yep. Love that. So. I'm going to be in Las Vegas on the 20th through, I think I'm leaving on the morning of the 23rd to head out to New York. Is it possible for us to get together? I'd love to do a live broadcast to our community. Yeah. I'd love I'll to share and show if we want to go into the where, take advantage of the fact that I'm going to be there because I would love to come and check out as much as, it, as you want to show us behind the scenes of No High yeah, all podcast it live on our page. That'd be great. Yep. Just let me know when you're here and we'll set something up. I'll so. be at the Wind Cabana, baby. That's where you can <laughs> find me. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds like a good place. I could just bring my bottles over there. That you know, sounds bring good. Products. That'd, be, that'd there. be a good place to broadcast.
Yeah, we'll start there. What is, what is that green car you have? Is it a Pontiac? It is a 1969 Dodge Charger. And then I have another green car. I have a Lamborghini Gallardo. So they're both green. <laughs> well, I happen to be an old school car junkie. So if you want to bring that baby on over, I'll give her a little kiss. She's so pretty. She's All right. And you, got, you have a deep story with that with your pops, which we'll share on the live broadcast when I come into Vegas. I'm really excited to see you. Thank you so much for your time. Any last words for the community before we end today's show? I don't think there's too many too many last words. I think that we, you know, covered pretty much everything, you know, um, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a great broadcast and that's, that's it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, for those of you guys who are tuning into the hemp revolution and watching closely as we pioneer the fastest growing cash rich industry in the world, make sure that you remember what you put in your body is ultimately how you are going to feel. If you are a budding entrepreneur or a brand with an established business and you are looking to grow and scale right now, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com for the resources, relationships, and tools you need to succeed in the green rush. If you are a patient looking for products that you can trust to deliver the results you are looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you want to find out more information about No High, check them out at nohigh.com. I'm your host Sonia Gomez and this is the hemp revolution we'll see you on our next show guys Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution Podcast. Ciao for now.